2014, 2015 to launch purple Wi-Fi, okay, purple Wi-Fi. And uh, again, doing super well there. They've passed 17,000 venues have installed at least and at one access point with over 80,000 access points. Uh, you know, average access point is 11, 12, 13 bucks per month. So they're doing between 800 grand and a million bucks in MRR uh, growing. You know, this year they'll grow. We call it 100, 140 percent year over year. Gross churn monthly is about one percent, but they have net negative revenue churn. Payback period is always aiming for less than 12 months, but some of his you know, good fit customers, lifetime value. He's projecting at well over $100,000 with his team of 100 in Manchester, UK, fighting hard to make your public Wi-Fi connections easier. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. This is episode 749. Coming up tomorrow morning, you're gonna learn from Makita Mikado, and he's gonna talk us through how to 3X your customer revenue so that, and, and the way he did it at Pandadoc, so they could be more than just a document signing company. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Gavin Wielden with over 15 years experience working in technology-led or enabled businesses. Gavin has a deep understanding of the impact technology can have on the bottom line of an organization. He recently sold his last business, Applied Language Solutions, a global language technology and service business. Uh, he set up uh, Purple Wi-Fi, which is his current company, with the prime focus of building an enterprise guest Wi-Fi system that was end user friendly. Gavin, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready and waiting. So when I, when I hear about an idea like purple Wi-Fi, I think about the horrible experiences when I'm traveling internationally and God forbid it's the, the Wi-Fi logon at the airport is in a different language, but I'm like, crap, how do I get from my Tokyo, you know, the Tokyo airport to my hotel, but I can't read anything and I need to connect to the internet to get Uber, right? Are you the guy yeah. that's trying to own that, that moment? It is exactly that, and that's the exact reason I decided to start the business. With the last business I had, I traveled all over the world. We had offices in 12 countries and customers in 91, so I, I relied on public Wi-Fi an awful lot, and it was one of those things that just got me more and more annoyed. You know, I'd, I'd log on to a Wi-Fi somewhere, I'd come back a few months later and ask me for a username and password, and I had yep. no idea what I'd put in. And I just thought, you know, why isn't somebody doing this simpler? Um, so when I sold the last business, I had a look around, is anybody doing this? They weren't. So I thought, you know, there's a problem, a, a very annoying problem here that needs solving. Well, I can't wait to dig more into that story. Real quick, though, your history. What did you sell your last company for? Um, a, a considerable amount. <laughs> um, give me a, big, give me a range. Yeah, it, it was over 60 million sterling as a um as a broad brush and and generally just quickly what did that company do um it was in the translation and interpreting business and and the, the key thing that we did differently was use technology so whether that was to you know use machine translation engines and, and not like law or ms these were engines that were built specifically for a company or a a specific project so they were highly accurate um, and then we would have humans go in and tidy up any of the, the mistakes that the engine had made, which meant it was a, a lot, lot quicker and obviously a lot cheaper. Why'd you sell it? I'd done nine years. I, I guess, you know. How the, old the were you when you sold it? 
Um, I was, um, what was I, 36. Okay. Yeah, 36. And you had bootstrapped it? Absolutely. Back bedroom, run up a load of credit card debt, hooked <laughs> up the house and the mortgage and, yeah. and all those good things. So it's fair to say, I just want to get into your mental mindset when you're launching Purple Wi-Fi. That financial event for you basically set you for life. I mean, you bootstrapped it, it you're good to go. You can now go take any risk you want. You choose Wi-Fi. Correct. Cool. Yes. Awesome. So, okay, let's so let's go back to Purple Wi-Fi. Um, what? Who is the incumbent in this space? Like, I get the sense there's like a lot of advertising companies trying to own that because that's like probably the person connecting the internet at Wi-Fi is probably like a high value household for advertisers to reach. Who's owning yeah. that space before you came in? Um, there was no, or then there still is no particular single owner. You've got uh, Boingo, who are very big in, in airports. Uh, they focus pretty much exclusively in, in that area. You've got Phone, or Fon, who do a lot of the domestic hotspots. How do you spell stuff. that? It's F-O-N. Okay. Um, and, and, and I guess that our, typically our competitors are, your, you know, traditional utility Wi-Fi players like AT&T Wi-Fi. Um, so if you think about Wi-Fi's evolution, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago you went into Starbucks, you bought the coffee and you paid for your Wi-Fi. And then it moved to, you know, we've got Wi-Fi, they don't so drink our coffee to, well, if you haven't got Wi-Fi, I'm not drinking the coffee. Um, and you had the telecoms companies that moved in to provide that. Here's a sticker in the window that says you have Wi-Fi, but there's no other benefit from from it. And then what we've done is taken it on its next evolution, which is you know, it's your Wi-Fi, it's your brand, it's your data. And by the way, we can derive a huge amount of analytics just by putting Wi-Fi in a venue, and that's yours. You own that space. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're competing, I guess, with the, the traditional, the you know, Wi-Fi hotspot 1.0 um, to get people to understand there's a lot more that you can do with it. And what's your revenue model? How do you make money? So we charge on a, a it's a SaaS-based business, so it's mm. all in the cloud. We charge annual based on the number of Wi-Fi access points that you have. You know, so that How might much be one per one? venue. Um, if, if it was a single venue, it's, it's about $13 a month. Okay. Know, so it's not a huge amount of money. Um, and if that, you know, when you scale up and you've, you know, we, we do huge chains and, and you know, like uh, stadiums and, and airports and those, you know, so that obviously a, a price per access point comes down quite a lot if you, you're talking about thousands of them. So like would LaGuardia Airport be one access point? Uh, so the, no. you're, okay, there's multiple, how many access points are in LaGuardia? So I would imagine in there we don't we don't do that one, but I would imagine probably about two hundred. Oh wow! Okay, so these are like spread out, like one every one hundred feet or one every twenty feet or something like that. Exactly that, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, guys, I was about to say because this isn't a big market. If if every airport can only pay you thirteen bucks, oh, well, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so there, you said it's thirteen dollars kind of per installation uh, at these different venues like airports and stadiums. And how many installations are you at to date? We're at 17,000. 17,000, wow. That's venues, and that ranges from a a coffee shop, so like your Outback Steakhouses all run purple, uh, through to, you know, Indiana Pacers or the whole of Navy Pier, um, you know, places that are much bigger in scale. In fact, we, we, we cover entire cities, and we've probably got about, probably about 40 cities now live. Yep. Um, when you say so, so, just to make sure, when you say seventeen thousand venues, if if Lagordia had two hundred installed, that two hundred is part of the seventeen thousand, not one. It, into the... No, no, that's one. Oh, it is one. So that we would consider that one in terms of access points. Yeah, how many access probably points? About, 
Probably about 80,000, 90,000. 80,000 access points. Wow. So you're doing about four per venue, something like that. As an average, yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. And I mean, so can I take the 80,000 times 13 and assume you're doing, I mean, you just broke a million bucks in monthly recurring revenue? Not quite, but because we obviously but discount close. people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you discount, obviously, as a group, kind of group pricing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If somebody's buying 5000 obviously, they're going to get it cheaper than somebody buying one. These aren't huge discounts. So, I mean, what do you go down to, like, 10 bucks per venue if it's, you know, 5000 Yeah, it's about seven, seven bucks, you okay. know, at the, the real high end. Got it. So, I mean, uh, if we put a range on MRR, we can say somewhere between eight hundred grand and a million. Is that fair? Yeah. Awesome. You, you like your math. So. Oh, I love math. I, I listen, math is, it has no emotion. You can't argue with it. It just is. And that's a beautiful thing, I think. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> All right. Yes, it's pure. Yeah, it's very pure. Okay, so <clears throat> how are you, it, this sales cycle must be painful. I imagine it's painful. What does it look like? <clears throat> sales cycle? Yes. Um, it, it varies from an hour. You know, if you've got a, a you know, a very small, you know, sale an hour that, you know, a demo, they get it. When you see the demo, it's one of them jaw drop moments. You can see a physical change in people <laughs> when they realize what they could have in terms of analytics and engagement. Because if you think as, as a physical venue owner, you often know nothing about what's happening in that venue. And, and we bring the same level of intelligence as Google Analytics. So that's like a, you know, a light bulb moment and engagement so that you can engage with people in meaningful ways. So that the sale can be as little as an hour to two years. And it, you know, it, it really does depend on the customer, the complexity and, and their appetite for, you know, taking on new technologies. And how are you finding them? So we're entirely channel-based. So uh, we sell through partners, and that includes major telcos like Telstra and Oz and Singtel and uh, you know all the national carriers, CenturyLink in the US and NCR. You know they all sell our solution bundled with their own equipment and connectivity. Okay. So that's the primary means to go to market. Although we do have a sales force that's out actively looking for end users, but then when they find them, they bring them back through one of our channel partners. So what's your team size right now? Uh, we're just over 100 at the moment. And how many of those folks are focused on sales and channel partnerships? Um, at the moment, about 45. Oh, wow. Okay, so pretty significant. Yeah. And what is the, I mean, so you call up one of these telcos, what, what's, why don't they offer this themselves? I mean, typically, you know, a, a telco, it's, it's buy, build, or partner, you know, and it's the same with the equipment. They could easily go out and, and build a Wi-Fi access point. They don't because, you know, there's somebody like Cisco or Ruckus or, or Zirus that have spent millions in developing the best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and, and that's the point that we're at. And I think also with telcos, once you've got you one... You mean the best access point? That, so, so they could build their own access points. It's not difficult. Here's a, you know, a parts list. Okay. Here, you know, Mr. China company, go and build me a thousand of these. You don't do that because there's a lot of proprietary IP that Cisco or Ruckus or other have built around what that access point does. And it's the same with our platform. To, to actually build it for a single telco, not only would it take years, it would be a huge investment. So... You know, it's, it's more sensible in that scenario to partner. And the fact that we have, you know, we've got half of the biggest service providers in the world, telcos, all basing their go-to-market around our platform. Mm -hmm. All basing their go-to-market around your platform. What do you mean by that? 
so they're, they're typically building a managed service so they'll they'll build you know here's here's the equipment here's a you know the connectivity here's the service desk and here's this really clever layer that sits over it all and brings you the real value the business value and they'll build that into a product and give it a name and they'll take that out to their business customers and say hey mr customer here's a complete managed solution for your wi-fi and it delivers all of these benefits got it so we're we're one component of you know the equipment the connectivity and the the analytics and engagement layer which is where we bring the value what's it cost you to make one access point to manufacture it well i mean it, it's not it's not our game we're not in, in, in hardware we don't do. yeah well we we, we overlay we, we we partner with cisco we partner with ruckus oh, we i misunderstood with that Got it. <clears throat> got it. Got it. Got it. So they're the <clears throat> they're the physical access points. You're just your software that lays on top of them that makes the access points way more valuable. Exactly that. <clears throat> oh, okay. <clears throat> I got it. So are you doing things like if a coffee shop installs you, <clears throat> everyone who connects to the internet and puts in their email address will go into the coffee people's CRM for deals in the future? Yeah, that's one of the many things we do. Got it. Um, we do post-visit reviews. So we've got a, a, a partnership with TripAdvisor and Trustpilot. So post visit will prompt you to to you know do a review of the coffee shop or the hotel. You know, and we typically see a five hundred percent increase in TripAdvisor reviews. We see six seven hundred percent in CRM record generation. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, social goes through the roof. So the the value to it is is you know unbelievable, and it is from day one. You switch this on, and suddenly all these metrics start going through the roof. Yeah. What uh, what year's your launch company in? What was that? Sorry, Nathan. What year did you launch the company in? Um, in 2013. And what was that first year revenue? Do you remember? Um, it was, I think, around $200,000. That's not bad. No, it's, uh, it's a reasonable It's respectable. Start. <laughs> yeah, very respectable. Yeah. What did you get that to in 2014? Do you remember? That was up to about 600, 700. So you tripled, you about basically tripled year over year. Yeah. And is that, I mean, has that trend continued? It obviously gets a lot harder to triple and triple every year, but yeah. we're still, you know, well over a hundred percent growth, That's you know, good. last year over this and, and they're on target for, a, you know, a hundred, probably about 140% uh, in this financial year. That's great. That's really great. Um, do you think you'll, do, do you think you'll break the, the kind of, you know, $15 million ARR rate by the end of uh, 2017? Um, 2017, I think would probably be a push 2018. Yes. Yeah. You'd have to, what, what would that be, like 1.2 million per month, something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, and then what about, do you have any weird cost structures above the line? What's your gross margin? Um, gross margin, you know, as you would expect from a SaaS company, is up, you know, sort of 80, 80-ish percent. Um, one of the, the challenges we have um, on gross margin is that we, we also do, do indoor locations, so we're triangulating devices. So every time a device pings looking for Wi-Fi, every device, every access point that sees it, every however many seconds, we're processing all of that data. That's a lot. And that is it's colossal amounts. Yeah. You know, we're processing many many billions of data points a month how many oh, this is an interesting question because it's a utility metric how many people today right now at your current size and one day how many consumers connecting to a purple wi-fi thing are you processing across your entire customer base or at all your access points yes yeah you know up, up to about half a million wow 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 i mean that's like i mean said in marketing speak you're creating five hundred thousand new leads for all your customers every day not many companies can say that <clears throat> absolutely yeah what about churn what's your gross customer churn per month 
Uh, churn, we're actually, certainly from a revenue perspective, we're in negative churn. Yep. So, you know, with, with expansion and That's increase. Net, net negative, right? But what's gross is, customer? Absolutely. Gross so customer gross, gross is about, um, it's, it's about 12% per annum. Per annum. Okay, that's pretty good. And why, when people do leave, what reason do they give you? Typically, where we see the churn is at the lower end. So from, you know, the early days where you, you, you know, typically selling to your mom and pop shops, you know, there that's where we see churn because, you know, either, you know, they've shut down or they're, they're probably not using the products as much as they, they would do. And, and the economics, we, we have customer success, but the economics of doing customer success with, you know, a, a $12, you know, a, a month customer just doesn't stack up. So, you know, that, that, you know, is, is where we will typically see the churn. And what do you, <clears throat> so obviously at 1%, it's, it <clears throat> becomes dangerous to use an Excel sheet to do one divided by churn and predict lifetime value in months, but you probably have a good guess. I mean, wh what do you anticipate the lifetime value in dollars is for every one of these, ven these 17,000 venues you're bringing on? So if, if we take out, which we do the uh, sub $1,000 uh, in revenue, we're up to about 10 years or, you know, uh, 120 months. Um, and we also, a lot of these enterprise customers are signing up for three and five years. You're getting people to sign three and you five know, year contracts. Correct. Wow. Do yes. they pay that all up front? Yep. They pay, they pay for a three year contract all up front. I'm envious. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you have no, you have no, you, you have no cash flow problems and have you raised capital? Uh, we have absolutely. How much? Yes. Um, about $13 million. One three or three zero? At one three. One three. And, um, and what are you, what does that most of that capital go to? Like engineering or, or paid acquisition? It's probably, it's, it's not paid acquisition, certainly. It's, it's probably about 50 50 between engineering and sales. Okay. And what is the, I mean, what are you, like last month, what did you spend in paid, it just paid spend? Conferences, Google ads, Facebook ads, anything like that? Um, I'm, I, I wouldn't know off the top of my head. We're, yeah, we're, if, where we spend money is, is events because we, we, that's where we've seen the success. And more um, or less than a quarter of a million per year. Probably, probably in that mark on okay. you know events and yeah. And and how do you know what is a good event to sponsor or not? We try it. We track the leads through Salesforce. If it converts, we'll do it again. If it doesn't, we won't. Yeah. So what is, I mean, on that ideal situation you just described where there's someone signing a three-year contract paying all up front, your payback period, I imagine, is instant. But on average, what's the payback period you're aiming for or what are you getting? In terms of marketing spend? Correct, but fully weighted. So that includes your salespeople. Like, yeah. Yeah. So CAC, obviously, you want to be sub-12, which, yep. you know, 12 month payback periods below that yeah, correct exactly yeah. are you um we, we it depends when we go through a higher period of hiring new salespeople, and you've got obviously the ramp which brings uh, or distorts cac for a while yeah uh, so when we're going through those growth spurts you know we typically go up and down with with those in in hiring then cac will come down when you know in, in a normalized position yes yeah, very cool. Uh, so again, if someone's paying, if one access point is call it 12, 13 bucks per month, um, you're, you know, you might spend up to 130 bucks to get that access point or about a year's worth of that access points revenue. Right. It's not that straightforward because there's other factors, but generally speaking. Yeah. 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 Um, interesting. And remind us again where you guys are based. Uh, HQ is in, in Manchester in the UK. Yeah. Uh, our US office is in Austin. Oh, very. Uh, I'm in Austin way. right now. That's great. 
Well, there you go. The office is around the corner. So uh, let me, before we wrap up, this is an interesting question because I've thought about this from a marketing perspective before. If there's like a conference that I want to, like all the people there are great leads for me and they're like, Nathan, you could sponsor the conference for 20K, but why don't I just partner with you and be the Wi-Fi provider, right? So like, so that everyone can like, do I have to have actual control of the physical space to pop up an access point? Um, yes, you would because you need the connectivity. But the, you know, they will often, you know, and, and it's probably one of them things that people don't realise the full value of it in a conference at the moment. So you could probably say, look, you know, I'll, I'll give you five k to sponsor the Wi-Fi, overlay our solution on it, and get tens of thousands of leads instead of a, a couple of hundred. Oh my god! So okay, I, I actually want to do this with you. Um, I want to try it. We'll talk after this episode. Um, I think this is a really interesting growth channel. Okay. Are there, are there other costs besides the access point? Like what is the Roku or the, or the Cisco, like actual physical thing cost? Um, it, it, it varies. You can get a TP link for, you know, maybe 50, $60 in a, a cafe type environment in a, an enterprise. Then, you know, your Cisco access points are probably about a thousand dollars each. Yep. Well, guys, listen, if you're listening to the, the, the podcast right now, you're getting in, Intel, inside Intel on my strategy over the next several years. I'm going to work here with, uh, if we can work on a deal, I'm sure we will with Gavin. And before I launch my own conference, what I'm going to do is for a year, I'm going to figure out how to open up access points at everyone else's conferences in my space, collect all the, all the people that paid to be there. And then when I launch my own conference, those will be the people I tell about it since I know they've paid to go to a conference before. I mean, is that right, Gavin? That's like a smart thing Perfect. to do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're folding this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. (laughs) All right, there you guys have it from Gavin. Gavin, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, I I read that many. Um, I would probably say, who moved my cheese? It's a, a I love that. simple one, and I do it for a book competition uh, with the staff here. And, you know, I think, you know, the, the messages are, are very simple. You know, the only constant is change. Yep. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? Um, uh, probably not. Again, I, I, I read voraciously, you know, blogs, books, whatever I can. Well, one person I've always been very fond of is Jack Welch. 
Um, although yeah. obviously not serving now, I've, I've read everything you know he's written and, and any blog posts I can get my hands on. Um, so he's a, a bit of a favorite, you might say. Is his stuff still relevant in this new digital world? Do you find that pattern recognition still allows you to apply his stuff to today's world? I think there are a lot of core principles that that he you know did if you forget technology forget anything just probably more around management principles that yep. that will stand the test of time you know the differentiation theory i think that that's great about you know constantly getting people to up the game number three is there a favorite online tool you have like hostgator um insight squared Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, I, I sleep well, so probably about seven, seven, seven That's and a great. half. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Married and two gorgeous little girls who can sometimes oh, be pesky, wow. but <laughs> love them to <laughs> death great. anyway. And how old are you? I'm 40. Okay, 40. So last, uh, last question here, Gavin. Take us home. Take us back 20 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, my 20-year-old self was uh, running my first business, which failed because of my lack of understanding of the difference between a P&L and a cash flow statement. So I wish my 20-year-old had read a bit more about finance. There you guys have it. He wishes he would understand the difference between a PL versus a cash flow statement earlier on. He sold his first uh, company for about over 60 million sterling, uh, which was again kind of in a different space. Then decided in 2014, 2015 to launch Purple Wi Fi, okay, Purple Wi Fi. And uh, again, doing super well there. They've passed 17,000 venues, have installed at least an at one access point with over 80,000 access points. Uh, you know, average access point is 11, 12, 13 bucks per month so they're doing between 800 grand and a million bucks in mrr uh growing you know this year they'll grow we call it 100 140 percent year over year gross churn monthly is about one percent but they have net negative revenue churn payback period he's always aiming for less than 12 months but some of his you know good fit customers lifetime value he's projecting at well over a hundred thousand dollars with his team of a hundred in manchester uk fighting hard to make your public wi-fi connections easier gavin thank you for taking us to the top thank you very much if you enjoyed gavin today go back and listen to tomer yesterday tomer tells us how he used an open source project as lead gen to launch what is now a three million dollar annual crying company business a lot of people would pity on this but he used that open source project to really generate great revenue tune in to find out how he did it